it's time for another edition of Mets Musings. Hi, this is Ron Darling. Uh, this is Skip Lockwood. Hi, I'm Ron Swoboda of the 69 New York Mets, and you're listening to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. Hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings. Hope everybody had a good two weeks out there. Yes, I took a week off. Uh, Time just kind of slipped by, and it was the holiday weekend, and uh, didn't really um, get into the studio to do anything, so took the week off, but we're back now, and amazingly enough, the Mets are still in first place, the bench mob, what a job these guys are doing, they're really getting a job done for the Mets, and um, the one concern I would have is that we're getting a lot of double headers piled up. The weather and uh, uh, has been awful. The Mets have had a lot of cancellations. Double headers will be piling up June, July, and August. And my concern is that they've been able to keep their head above water partially because of the rainouts and the bad weather. They're not playing as many games. Uh, bullpen can get rested. Uh, they've used the bullpen an awful lot, sometimes good, sometimes plain awful. But they've been using the bullpen a lot, and you just don't want to see that get burnt out. Uh, on the other hand, they have been using a lot of players in the bullpen. So they've been rotating arms in and out, up and down, and uh, hopefully that will help in Syracuse. Plus... The guys that they added uh, have been doing a great job. But if you notice, the one thing that they uh, did this year, the Mets, that they uh, have not done in the past is that uh, the veterans that they've signed for these utility roles, not only have passed major leaguers who were full-time players, some of them, but also are younger than the usual guys they sign. They're not 35 years old. They're not 33. They're not 32. They're pretty, you know, Velas like, what, 29, maybe 30, 28. Uh, Perros is about that, maybe 27, something like that. Um, so that has paid dividends as well. Um, because the guys are not, you know, they're younger players, plus the fact that a, a couple of them were everyday players. So they're not your typical utility add-in guys um, that that are older and experienced. They are a little bit younger, but they have the major league experience. That's that's what I'm trying to get at here. And they have performed well. Now, if you look at Villar, I mean, if you look at his numbers, the numbers are in great, but 
look what he's done. I mean, uh, he's brought some speed to the top of the lineup. He's stolen some bases. Yes, he's gotten thrown out, but he's been aggressive. He's gotten some big hits. Peraza the same way. Um, now uh, they added McKinney that they traded for. He's had a couple of big home runs. I mean, they, 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 their numbers aren't outstanding, but they've gotten all of them have gotten some key hits and made some key plays. Um, Mason Williams, who we're going to talk about these guys a little bit later, uh, made a fine catch the other day, and and even the guys that were up here, the young guys that they have uh, sent back down, Khalil Lee got a big double. For his first hit, after looking like he'd never get a, a hit, uh, wasn't even making contact, uh, but his first got a big hit. And uh, even Cameron Mabin made some, you know, played some solid defense and um, uh, um, uh, got that uh, one hit as a met, but it was, uh, it was a key hit, a key situation. Um, McCann going to first base, got his bat going. Um, Thomas Nito um, has been playing very well and hitting as well, too. We knew he was a good catcher. Uh, the pitching staff likes him. Um, weren't sure if he was going to hit on this level. He he did win the Florida State batting title in the old Florida State League, but that was a few years ago. And um, so that was questionable. But um, you know what? He can hit a little bit, and if he plays, he'll hit. So they take. Uh, two out of three of the Mets from Arizona after being rained out twice last weekend uh, could have swept Arizona. They had the lead in the ninth in the middle game. Uh, Diaz came in, uh, blew it, first save of the year that he blew. Uh, May blew it in the, in, in the tenth. Final play was a controversial ball that dropped on or near the foul line. Uh, May says it was foul. Some of the Mets say it was foul. The umpires went to replay. Replays, they said it was fair. Very difficult to tell, which is another thing I don't understand. Because, uh, you know, if you're going to make fair foul calls, why not put a... Uh, for this kind of thing, why not put a camera right on the foul pole? Shooting right down the foul pole, get a 4K camera. Surely Major League Baseball can afford this. And put it on every foul pole. So you're shooting right down the foul pole. I know it's it's not you know it's not gonna happen a lot this uh, particular play, but wouldn't it be worth it to have it? What would happen if this was a Game 7 of the World Series and a play like this happened? Anyway, one of the replays looked like Chalk went up. You could see Chalk flying up. Another of the replays, it was hard to tell. You didn't see any Chalk flying up. So, uh, But, look, they called it foul, unfair, and the run scored, and that's the way it should be. So, um the Mets lost the middle game, came back, won the next game on a Pete Alonso hit. 
And the Mets, as we record this, are 27 and 21 in first in the NLE, four and a half games ahead of Philly and Atlanta, and six games ahead of Miami and Washington. Uh, and now it's on to San Diego tonight. And San Diego's in second place in the West at 34 and 23, and they're one game behind the San Francisco Giants, the surprising uh, San Francisco Giants. Uh, Diamondbacks broadcaster Bob Brenly apologized yesterday following a comment he made about Mets starter Marcus Stroman's do-rag during the broadcast of Tuesday night game at Chase Field. Stroman was pitching against the D-backs when when Brenly commented on air about the right-handers do-rag. Uh, Brenly said, I'm sure that's the same do-rag that Tom Seavey used to wear when he pitched for the Mets. Following Tuesday's game, Stroman reacted on Twitter, stating onward and upward through all adversity and racist undertones. The club continues through all. Um, and so Brenly made the comment and he apologized for that. Um, I'm not a fan of social media, and I think uh, these players should get off of social media, but that's another story. Um, so, Stroman made his comments and uh, had uh, many support. Um, too bad that the same thing didn't happen for Jordan Yamamoto, uh, whose wife was attacked viciously on Twitter. Um, I'm not a fan of Twitter, so uh, I don't really spend much time on there at all. But uh, it's, hopefully this, this issue is all cleared up. Uh, Brindley apologized, and uh, we move on from there. John uh, Jonathan Villar exited the Mets June the second win over the D-backs after the fifth inning. Following the game, manager Luis Rojas said the infielder was day to day would be reassessed. He said that Villa had uh, Villar had had a full range of motion and strength, uh, but he had some tightness in his hamstring, and they took him out on a precautionary method. Same thing that happened with uh, Jeff McNeil. So let's not hope that uh, Mc, Mc, uh, um goes down with this. So many names that are changing around here. It's crazy. Uh, DeGrom and Taiwan Walker have returned. Both pitched excellent in their returns from the land of the IL. Others ought to follow as well uh, and have followed. Peter Alonzo, Seth Lugo, and Kevin Pillar all are back and playing now. Thank goodness we're starting to get bodies back. Uh, gone is Khalil Lee, Patrick Mazika, and Sean Reed Foley. Don't understand the Sean Reed Foley thing. Uh, he had pitched very well or, or pretty well while he was up here, uh, but I guess they felt the need to, uh, they needed to make a space for Lugo, so Foley was the candidate. Uh, the Mets have also selected the contract of center fielder Mason Williams and traded for outfielder Billy McKinney. And they signed a free agent right-hand pitcher, Jose Chassin, 
to a minor league contract and have claimed third baseman Travis Blackenhorn off waivers from Seattle and designated shortstop Wilfredo Tovar for assignment. I think that's all the moves. Uh, pretty much, Cameron Mabin was let go last week, I think it was. So, um, lots of coming and goings. Here, unfortunately, with the way the Mets have been uh, injured, but now we're getting guys back, hopefully, uh, and we'll have an injury injury report for you in an update. But let's take a break and come back after this. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com. Wouldn't it be great if you could get a Ph.D. in life through baseball? Welcome to Baseball Ph.D., a tour company for your brain. 30 major league teams, 100 places to see. Let's touch them all as we make the road trip of a lifetime. Follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Musings on Twitter at Mets Musings GM. The Instagram is Mets Musings and on YouTube at Mets Musings Mac. Wish to be a part of the show? Give us a call at 516-619-6341. Okay. And we are back, and it's time for the injury report. Noah Syndergaard, as you know, has had a setback. He was shut down from throwing for six weeks, but uh, he sounds optimistic about his return. Dealing with inflammation in his right elbow, he said, A-OK, see you soon. A recent MRI revealed the inflammation but did not reveal any structural damage, which is a good thing. After the sixth week shutdown, Syndergaard will need to regain his arm strength, and he'll have to rebuild that up, meaning a best-case scenario for his return would likely be late August or September. Not such a surprise there. Just a shame he was progressing nicely, but some inflammation, and uh, that's all it takes. Albert Amora Jr., he is was seen uh, and been doing full baseball activity, could start a rehab assignment within the next week or so. So he could be back within a couple of weeks, maybe mid-June. J.D. Davis uh, said that he's progressing well, plans to start swinging a bat last Saturday and Sunday. Did not put a turntable on his return. He was to start with Syracuse, a rehab assignment, but that was scratched. So no word whether he will start that assignment or uh, just stay with the t- uh, the uh, 
the team. Luis Glorme is getting closer to a rehab assignment, which will likely be with AAA Syracuse. He feels really good, Glorme, and should soon be swinging a bat on the field. He could be back sometime in June. Brandon Nimmo still not swinging a bat, and he's got a nerve a pesky little nerve, as uh, Rojas has called it, in his left index finger, and he's still feeling pain when making contact. So no date on his return. Carrasco, uh, before his rehab was paused, he was expected to return at some point in May, but things have been slowed down. He has thrown six innings in simulated games before the slowdown. He Carlos Carrasco, we could see him maybe late June, early July. Michael Conforto, another one, uh, suffered a significant hamstring strain on. You know, it was only May 16th. It seems like such a long time ago. And it's only really about two weeks, if you think about it. Uh, A little over two weeks. But it just seems so much longer and uh, it, it looks like we're not going to see him till about late June. So he's going to be out about, uh, you know, probably total time be a month or so. But uh, again, it, it seems like such a long time ago. Same thing for McNeil, who uh, suffered the same injury, a hamstring strain on or about the same time. And he could be a similar situation as Conforto. We won't see them until late June, early July even. Who knows? You know, get it get it healed right now. They're getting by. So we don't need to rush these guys back. Let's get to make sure that they're 100% healthy and ready for the double headers and, and, and the push towards the pennant. Um, John Ashway, I always say that name right. Fargus, he ran into the wall, if you remember. Um, MRI confirmed that he suffered a sprained AC joint in his left shoulder. May 21st, 4th, he was placed on the aisle May 26th. No idea when he may be back. Tommy Hunter with his back, same thing. No idea. It's still to be determined. Jordan Yamamoto, he was on the 10-day IL. Then he was transferred to the 60-day to make room for uh, Billy McKinney. His potential return date is sometime in July. And I think that's everybody now. So uh, some good, you know, we're, we're creeping there. We're getting guys back, getting back Pilar, which was just miraculous with his injury, the the the, um, the the nasal fractures and getting hit in the face, and and he's back now and playing center field with his the mask on. It's just incredible, and he made it back so soon. So and and many thanks to Cameron Maybe and and uh, um, Khalil Lee and and for uh, Mason Williams for holding the fort down in center field while Nimmo and Pilar were out. Uh, those guys did a terrific job defensively, especially maybe they didn't hit so great, but they did a great job defensively 
and they really held this team in there. And Pete Alonso back now, and Seth Lugo, and uh, just you know the depth has just been wonderful, and and you can't say enough for the job that that the bench mob has done to this point. <clears throat> Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, there was one other guy that... Uh, did we mention Travis Blankenhorn, who the Mets just picked up? Yes, I did. From Seattle, he went in and he played for Valar last night. All right, let's take another break and uh, come back with our favorite segment, Everybody Loves Down on the Farm. 516-619-6341. That is our voicemail comment hotline. If you have a question, want to leave a comment, make a statement, anything at all, that's the number to call. 516-619-6341. Or go to our website, metsmusings.com. Click on the widget in the middle of the screen. That's a speak pipe. And you click the record button and you can record right through your computer's microphone. Or you can send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. And if you'd like to follow me on social media, it's Facebook is facebook.com slash metsmusings. Twitter is at metsmusingsgm. Instagram is Mets Musings, and YouTube is Mets Musings Mac. And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you watch or listen to the podcast. Okay, we're back, and now it's time to uh, go down. Down on the farm. <laughs> okay. And down on the farm, it's not a lot of good news. Triple uh, A Syracuse is next to last in their division. They're nine games back. They've got a 9 and 17 record. They've been struggling in the Triple A East Northeast division. In the Double A Northeast Northeast division, the Binghamton Rumble Ponies are 6-19. and 19. They're 12 games back, and they're also next to last in their division. High A, the Brooklyn Cyclones, 8-15 and 15 on the year. Eight and a half games back of the High A East-North division. And... In the low A, St. Lucie Mets are 16 and 10. They're in first place in the low A Southeast East Division. Man, I hope they, they come up with some. You know, what happened to the great names we used to have? The Florida State League, the South Atlantic League, the Sally League, the uh, New York Penn. I mean, this just high A, low A, East, Northeast. It's too confusing. 
Let's hope they get a grip on that and come up with some good names. Jake Mangum continued to rake since he got to he got promoted to Binghamton. He was with Cyclones to start the season. Went to Binghamton. His slash line is 368.368 slash 605 in 38 plate appearances. He has nine extra base hits in 72 at-bats this season after having only seven in his first. First, 182 pro at bat. So Mangum uh, is really off to a good start. Got the well-deserved promotion from High A Brooklyn to Binghamton and has continued to hit. Francisco Alvarez, the number one prospect of the New York Mets, hit his first Brooklyn home run in a Brooklyn uh, win on Tuesday. Uh, Brett Batty, another the third uh, prospect, I believe, also homed and drove in three, and he is a hitting machine. He just can continues to hit he looks like a really good player as does Alvarez Alvarez was promoted from St. Lucie to Brooklyn struggled a little bit in the beginning but now is starting to find his rhythm and uh, starting to tear the cover off the ball so he uh, should be a good one as well on Tuesday afternoon the Mets number six and nine prospects JT again and Alexander Ramirez were assigned to a minor league roster with Tyler McGill getting the promotion to AAA. JT Ginn underwent Tommy Johnny. Tommy John surgery to repair his right elbow in March 2020. After a year of recovery, Ginn is being placed on a professional roster for the first time in his young career. He will report to low A affiliate St. Lucie Mets this week. The New York Mets signed Alexander Ramirez out of the Dominican Republic in the 2019 international signing class. Ramirez Progression at the professional level was derailed due to the pandemic in 2020, but he is getting his first shot in professional ball with the St. Lucie Mets this week. He's 17 years old. 17 years old. Unbelievable. Away from home playing professional baseball. God bless him. Tyler McGill has tossed 26 innings for the Romo Pony, striking out 42. Accumulating an ERA of 3.12 in that time, he has only allowed seven walks and features a whip of 1.077. Therefore, his promotion was well-deserved as he's been one of the most reliable starters in this Mets system. Uh, you know, there's some there's talent there, folks. Um it's not showing itself. They're, they're, the teams are struggling. I think part of it was being late, having the layoff last year, and you know coming in this year now, and and guys to get their feet wet. <clears throat> um, other notables that we talked about uh, past couple of weeks: Pete Crow Armstrong was was hitting before he uh, was. Um, Shut down for the year. He's got to get Tommy John surgery on his uh, uh, arm. I think it's his non-throwing arm. Uh, 
Matt Allen was scheduled to be in Brooklyn, and and he has to get Tommy John surgery as well. So, uh, <coughs> excuse me, some of the Mets prospects that that uh, are going to miss the season, and it's really going to set them back. But uh, there's some talent there. Unfortunately, it's lower. Ronnie Mauricio at Brooklyn looks real good. Brett Batty, as we said. Off to a terrific start. Um, Binghamton's got Mark Vientos, who started very slow, starting to hit uh, a little now. Uh, who else is at Binghamton? Uh, now you got Man Gum there, uh, who who uh, terrific hitter, and a decent uh, outfielder as well. Um, Desmond Lindsay's there. He's been struggling a lot, though. I, I don't think he's any longer considered a, a top prospect, unfortunately, for the Mets. So, um, but there's some talent. Unfortunately, it's in the lower levels, and and Alvarez. Uh, wow, he's got a he's got a great arm. So um, he's going to be one <clears throat> worth watching as he makes his way up. But uh, if you can catch him in Brooklyn, catch him in Brooklyn. And, and uh, Brett Batty and Ronnie Mauricio as well. And, and they've got some other guys. Antoine Duplantis is starting to hit now for them. Um, Joe Gennard. Um, though, don't know where they'll have a place for him. He's a first baseman. So uh, that might be tough. But um, really, they've got there's some talent there. So, uh Keep an eye on the Mets farm system. Uh, another couple of good drafts. They're going to be really good. Okay, and that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I want to thank you all for listening and watching. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Castbox or YouTube, any place you watch or listen to the podcast, please subscribe. It helps us to grow the community and to bring in new listeners. And hit that bell on YouTube well as as well as you subscribe. Uh, hit that little bell next to the subscribe button, and then that way you'll be informed whenever there's a new episode of Mets Musing. So uh, until the next time, remember to keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. And I'll see you next time on another edition of Mets Musings.